With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. America needs a tidal wave of the old time religion. I have sinned against you. How dare you! We have no need to doubt God. The heart of Babylon is preparing the nations to receive the Antichrist. I didn't even build that house with money from the church. I built it with money from my book. I don't make this stuff up. Repenting of your sins. It is a moral issue. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. I just enjoy seeing people worship, praising God. Hey everybody and welcome to... Belief It or Not. The show where we believe it. Or maybe we don't. Or don't. Believe it or don't. Don't believe it. Uh, Damien, question for you. Oh. Are you a fan of uh, true crime? The movie... Wait, is there a movie called True Crime? I think there is. I I guess I'm not a fan of crime, so I guess no. Okay. But I mean, you know, the the genre of true crime and like learning about it, I guess that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, I've been, uh, you know, kind of binging some true crime stories. And uh, one of them kind of stood out to me, and I thought we'd talk about it. Uh, today, It's I guess it's a true crime podcast. Whoa. I know, right? That, that's something I can't believe. I can't believe it at all. But I thought it had some, no, you know, it. significance, mm-hmm. especially if, like, you grew up religious or you are kind of have some issues uh, with some teachings of evangelicalism. So... Mm-hmm. Have you heard the story of Christopher Coleman or Chris Coleman? Is this the guy who makes the camp stoves? It is not. Ah, damn, then I've never heard Fun of it. Fun story, though. My last name being Pullman, many times when I've introduced oh, myself, no. people will be like, oh, like the camp stove? And I'd be like, nope, not like the camp stove. <laughs> so are you related to this guy? I'm then? not. No. I, oh, and I'm okay. glad. Oh, his name is uh, Coleman. Your name is not Coleman. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I never got that before. Do you remember us talking about somebody named Joyce Meyer? Mm-hmm. The name's familiar, yeah. yeah so she is a uh, evangelical preacher, kind of on more on the charismatic, like speaking in tongues kind okay. of yep. idea. But she doesn't. that's not really what she preaches, but that's kind of like the world she comes from. She's more into the prosperity gospel. So like you right. give her money, you get money. Mm-hmm. A lot of what she teaches is more like just kind of self-help stuff with God sprinkled in there. Yeah. One of those rich, really rich pastors she has a 10 million dollar jet <laughs> well of course she's rich yeah i i still think that's so funny this prosperity gospel yeah. like the best way to get money is to give me your money yeah, it's ridiculous. and they're like well they're very rich they're really rich they have a huge jet yeah <laughs> why don't i have a huge jet pretty much pretty much anytime she's been asked about her money and stuff she's like i will not apologize for being blessed that's just god's blessed me and i'm not going to apologize for that but it's like maybe apologize for taking advantage of people. Yeah, being a grifter. Yeah. But uh she she was friends with, you know, she's friends with other pastors and stuff and she was friends with this like co-pastor team, you know, husband and wife team called uh Oh, the only married uh pastor team. <laughs> yeah, Channel 5's only married news team. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> she uh she uh, was friends with they were named Ron and Connie Coleman. 
And uh, Ron and Connie Coleman had three sons. Ronnie and Connie. Ron, Ron and Connie. That sounds like a made-up thing, but I guess my parents' name were John and Jane, so... Well, we used to watch uh, Ron Cons all the time on TV. Oh, yeah, that's true. Didn't didn't you watch a Ron Con? Oh, I love a good Ron Con <laughs> with a nice meat cute and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are movies, yeah, that everyone should watch. Exactly. Are Ron and Connie going to get together? I hope so. Uh, well, in this case I wish they didn't cuz they created this guy, but um Oh shit. Ooh. Ooh. Or maybe he's innocent. They still think he's innocent, so we'll get to Or that. not. Or not. Um, so, yeah, Ron and Connie Coleman, uh, they mm-hmm. run a church called Grace Church in Chester, Illinois. And yeah, I feel like I feel like every church always has such an unoriginal name. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, it's always like Grace or like Faith or like Our Lady of or something yeah. like that. You think they'd get like a little more creative with it. It's true. And even like the newer churches, like for hip, cool people, they're always something like Encounter or encounter yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's such, it's not something that you want to have like it's you don't true. want to have encounter really yeah i mean i guess you want maybe you want a close encounter yeah of the third kind is this a is this a church for people who believe in that uh jesus was an alien yeah probably <laughs> do you think do you think the story of Jesus actually was the first recorded uh alien visit well that's what that one church believed um Oh, uh, what was the church? I always forget the name of it. Not church, but like cult that killed themselves mm. when they had oh, a walk on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think it's true though? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, do, you think, do you think he got probed, or do you think he was doing the probing? Oh, he's probably doing the probing. Right. Because okay, we always talk too sense. about how he went up in the space elevator at the end, and uh, right, yeah, right, right. So, but. Uh, Aren't they trying to build a space elevator, or that's a concept that they want to do? I think so, yeah. And by they, I mean um, our global overlords. <laughs> our global overlords, <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah. No, he's trying to build a tunnel that, for some reason. Oh, right. For for one type of car under Las Vegas or something. Is I think he? it oh, was. I don't know. It was really weird. Yeah. Oh, I, it didn't look safe to me. <laughs> yeah, he's such a turd. So yeah, so so Chris though he uh, he grew up you know doing the uh, the old Christian growing up thing, uh, speaking in tongues at a young age, <laughs> and uh, the only time he really got in trouble um, is when he was a teenager and he got drunk with some friends, and then when his Whoa, parents were out of you town, you can't do that. You can't do that, and he felt so guilty about it. He went and told his basketball coach. That he got drunk with friends, and then I guess his parents found out. That's like the only recorded thing of like him getting in a big trouble when he was a teen. Is that supposed to be a big deal that he felt so guilty? He told his basketball coach. Yeah, I guess so. It's in every uh, everything. Every report I saw was like that's an anecdote about how um, how like innocent of a kid he was. But, that's such a useless anecdote. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could say I was an innocent kid. I never got drunk when I was a teenager. It's true. I didn't get drunk till I was like 24. No, yeah, 26. but nobody's making news news stories about me confessing shit to my basketball coach. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I ever con- uh, confessed to my basketball coach was that I didn't want to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I didn't confess to my basketball coach that he had bad breath. That's true. Well, man. I didn't, but I guess I did now. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, in 1997, so when he was 20 years old, he met his his future wife, Sherry Ann Weiss at the time, when they were both in the Air Force in San Antonio. Uh, she was an MP and he was a, a Marine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. And uh, so they, you know, they started dating. He took her home to meet the fam, the old fam family. And mm-hmm. the parents weren't, like in in interviews and stuff, they talk about how they weren't impressed with her. They didn't think she was anything special, which is a weird thing to say about somebody after they've like they said that to her face. Well, they said that in like interviews and stuff. Like, ah, she was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Even if you thought that, why would you say that? Exactly, and because he, you know, he's he's uh, evangelical, and she's she grew up Catholic, but also wasn't very religious at all. So they didn't like that about her. So okay, well then say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say like, well, we weren't, we weren't really, we didn't really like that she wasn't our type of uh, God lover. Yeah, exactly. She like don't say, well, we weren't really impressed by her. She yeah. was a, she was kind of uh, ho hum. <laughs> yeah. Are they still married? Oh no. Oh, okay, that's, never mind. That's then, then that makes hum. sense. Yeah. If, were these interviews after they broke up? After she died, yeah. Oh, okay, that's a twist. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, she did convert, though, and she became, you know, an evangelical, like her husband and family. Yeah. And then, um, but shortly after they started dating, they call they call up their, his parents and were like, hey, guess what? We're married. And uh, they kind of eloped in Chicago. And But it mm-hmm. turned out that she was pregnant, so they right. kind of had to get married in that, in that family. A little shotgun wedding. A little wedding. shotgun wedding, yeah. So they, you know, got married. And eventually, because his parents were friends with Joyce Myers, Joyce Meyer, and he, you know, has a background in the military, he was hired by her to uh, work on her security team. Being a high-profile evangelical who takes advantage of people, you know, you do get some threats and stuff. And also, she's a woman pastor, and a lot of evangelicals think that's evil and wrong. So there's also, right. you know... Did you really need to say a high-profile evangelical who takes advantage of people? I thought that's kind of yeah, like a little redundant, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so they she hired a bodyguard for herself. Then, yeah, right? like... Yeah. She hired him to be part of the security team and then eventually okay, a security team, right. The, you know, person in charge of the security team left and she offered him the job and he accepted mm-hmm. and it, by this time they had had two kids, so him and Sherry had two kids, Gavin and Garrett, two uh two sons. It started going to his head his new job because he thought he was okay. like this big deal because he was, you know, he's making $100,000 a year, he's guarding a very famous person. He shaved his head, tried to make himself look tough. <laughs> He's he's married, and then he starts. Uh, they, him and the family go down to Florida for a vacation, and they meet up with one of Sherry's best friends from high school, uh, named Matera. He starts messaging her, and they start messaging each other, and a little bit of an affair starts. Oh but man, it, what a piece of shit friend! Yeah, so they they had a lot of, you know awkward videos and well one time he went to what, what do you mean what do you mean they like they would send like naked videos. videos back and forth and then oh. um i don't know if i'd call those awkward videos oh but he was <laughs> so awkward in them and uh okay. and he would send okay. like little love thing and it, it felt like like watching some of the clips and stuff it really felt like 
oh yeah, this is a guy who grew up sheltered and is trying to be edgy. Right. Like this is, right. yeah. And then he went to really kind of try too hard. Yeah, exactly. He went to Hawaii to, you know, with Joyce Meyer ministries and uh, she, she ended up meeting him in Hawaii. They took some video together there. So according to friends, he, you know, he wanted out, or especially his wife's friends, Sherry, he wanted out of the marriage, but he can't just say, oh, I want a divorce because he was afraid that if he told her he wants a divorce, then it would be seen as his fault. So he would lose his high paying job with Joyce Meyer. And also if, you know, it ended because he had an affair, that would also cause him to lose, you know, his his job. Yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. Because divorce is so bad in in these communities, it's better to plot a murder. Yep, that that was his way of thinking. If he plots a murder, then yeah, then then that's better than just divorcing his wife. Basically, what happened was they he starts getting these threatening letters in two thousand eight about Joyce Meyer and how she has to stop taking advantage of people and she has to stop preaching and. Uh, the, for some reason, they sent it to him. This, uh, so this unknown. Yeah, I was going to say, why? Why is he getting these letters? Yeah, and it's all. Is it because he's on the security detail? Yeah, because he's head just... of the security detail. But the right, email okay. address was destroychris at gmail dot com. Destroy? Yeah, destroychris at gmail dot com was where these threatening what? letters were coming from. Okay. Yeah, one of them said, "Tell Joyce to stop preaching the bullshit, or Chris and his family will be killed." And then another one that said they were sick of Meyer's pampered ass flying all over the world. And another one that was actually left in his mailbox or he left it in his mailbox that said uh, you have to say like something like you have to say uh, publicly Mm -hmm. that you denounce Christ or we will kill you. Like very much that that evangelical persecution complex thing where it's like... Right, right. Yeah. Obviously, he was sending these to himself to make it look like something was afoot. Yeah. Reminded me of... uh, the episode of The Office where Michael Scott slashed everybody's tires, and then he's like, and I got the worst thing of all. I got a hate note. <laughs> it was just like, you will never get together in revenge. Like, it just really felt like that same kind of thing. Right, but, where all this, yeah. But his uh, neighbor across the street is a cop, and so he he told the police, and uh, and his neighbor got involved, and what his neighbor did was set up a camera in front of his house it's actually in his son's bedroom pointing towards the coleman's house right um just to see if any sketchy people were coming by and no nobody ever did and then one night you know there was a video of him playing catch with his two boys and uh, his 11 year old and nine year old boy and the next morning the cop got a a phone call being like, hey, I uh, promised my wife I'd wake her up in the morning and she uh, she still hasn't responded to my phone calls. I'm just at the gym. Can you do a wellness check on her? This was May 5th, 2009. The cop went over and all three of them were dead. The Yeah. All so three the, of them were the dead. Wife, his wife and his two sons are dead. Oh, and okay. with red spray paint all over the walls with messages like I warned you I told you this would happen I am watching so he gets home and the police are all there they determine like when the police were there they 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 were like yeah the, these they've been dead for a while like at least 3 hours like 3 hours before he left sorry yeah which is nuts cuz it's also like the timeline's going to be off but also like why would you call your neighbor to do a wellness check if you're yeah. at the gym 
why wouldn't you just come home yeah, and check? Yeah, exactly. Like, it was all set up. And, like, the thing is, too, is he was like, yeah, I've been calling my wife all morning, but there's no record of him ever doing that before. <laughs> so there's there's no record of it. There's yeah. The timelines are way... The, has this guy, I guess he probably never has watched TV. Yeah, probably not. He was really bad. And, like, to be head of security, too, and just, like, not know any of these things. Yeah. He gets home, but he doesn't, like, run up and try to figure out what happened to his family or why they're dead or, like, how they died. He just like he he walks up to the door. They say they're dead, and he just sits down and starts crying. Like it's no, there's no like real like trying to figure yeah. out what happened. He just like, oh okay, they're dead. I'll sit here. But it could be shock, you know. That's that's what they argued and stuff. But it's still very strange, right? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The ambulance comes. They take him in the ambulance to the hospital, make sure he's okay. Like he's because he's panicking, stuff like that. And paramedic notices scratches on his arms. So he strangled his family and his wife fought back so she had signs of struggle uh, and then he had scratches on his arm and then as soon as he noticed that the paramedic noticed it he started punching the gurney and and like scratching his arm on the gurney like out of like like saying it's out of frustration he's yeah trying to cover him up and then Mm -hmm. when he gets into the interrogation room eventually they ask him if he's cold and apparently it was really warm in there and he asked for a blanket and he immediately used that blanket to like cover up his arms. Yeah. So he very much aware. And then he yeah, said it was from punching the gurney and then eventually changed the story to when they said the paramedics saw it before he punched the gurney, fixing the satellite dish the night before. And that's where the scratches are from. Right. Yeah. A lot of inconsistencies in a story. And then they start looking at his laptop and his work laptop and stuff and find all the videos and stuff from his his mistress and the weird thing too in the interrogation they're like so you have an affair he's like i don't know if it was an affair isn't an affair more when you want to marry them (laughs) such a weird what what yeah he's like we were you know we messed up you know doing things we shouldn't do but i wasn't gonna marry her or anything which is like weird to jump to the definition of what an affair is <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, so a lot of inconsistencies like the why were all the windows unlocked in his house if if he had a stalker and he was a security person like why was there no force no entry like, security measures? Yeah. Like yeah. why were they playing on the front yard the night before if he thought that somebody was after them? I think that's some of the most fucked up part, right? Like he made sure he had a one final catch yeah. with his kids. It's so gross. And then the fact that they were all strangled too, like that's 
That's not like a quick and painless thing to do, right? Yeah. No, not at all. That's like such a sustained, horrible, panicked way to do yeah. it. But I mean, I guess I guess if you're going to kill them all anyway, you don't really care. Yeah. But and apparently, because he had he had been talking to this woman he was having an affair with about getting married, and she really wanted to get married, so he's like, okay, it's now or never kind of thing. And he promised her he'd leave her, right. and then the next day he kills them. Yeah. Jeez. How how old were the kids? Nine and eleven. Nine and eleven. Yeah, he's a monster. His parents still say that he's innocent. That he didn't do it. They're in complete denial. When they asked, like in some interviews, this one interview I saw when they asked them about why, like about the affair, that they blamed his wife. They blamed Sherry and said that uh, she wasn't making right. herself available to her husband. And oh, that if fuck she, you. Yeah. And that if she had been more available to her husband, he wouldn't have cheated. But just because he cheated, that doesn't mean it was him who killed her kind of thing. Right. Are are they in complete denial or are they just trying to save face for themselves? It's hard to say, yeah, because they're still, they're still pastors at that church. There's, that yeah. church is still going strong. Because so. that's my first thought is that they don't, they don't necessarily not think he did it, but they kind of almost like have to be like... Our son would never do that. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because they're always like, the, the you know, the Chris I know would never do something like that. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's it's insane how, like, people will, are so tied with these things where it's just yeah. like, no, you're you, this person did a horrible thing. Yeah. And it doesn't make you a bad person to admit that that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. He's know. still denying it, too. Like, he is still, he maintains his innocence to this day, but the evidence is overwhelming. Like, they trace all the emails back to his work computer as well, um, which also, like, you're head of security and you don't know that they can trace where your email comes from. Like, what are you right, doing? Right. Yeah, so they're all sent from his work computer. Did they never check the scratches on his arms either? Or, What's like, that? the wife? Did they never check the scratches yeah, on and his it was arm him. or anything? Um, okay, there so was right some there, inconsistent that's... DNA that they couldn't use as evidence, which was, it was to the point where it was him, but it just wasn't yeah. a full sequence. Like it was obvious right. that it it was him, but they it wasn't admissible in court. And his argument is that see, there was uh, somebody else's DNA in there. And it's like no, it's your right. DNA. But yeah, so yeah. he was convicted. Then he was convicted. Yeah, so he was arrested. Okay, like uh, I think a week after a week after he was caught, they knew pretty much right away, like immediately that it was him. They didn't have all the evidence until. They, yeah, until like a week later, so, or a couple weeks, actually. He was arrested on the 19th, so two weeks after. And then he went to trial, and he w he wasn't convicted until two years to the day after the murders. I guess after the whole trial process and everything, it takes some time, yeah. Yeah, and the jury did take a long time to decide whether or not he was guilty, because it was a lot of circumstantial evidence, but still a lot of evidence. And what really tipped them over was that he, he said they started... He started his relationship with Tara in November of 2008, but then there was photos and evidence from before that. So they're like, well, why is he lying about this one detail like, and not, right. not lying about everything else? Like, he's obviously hiding stuff. So Yeah. And, well, uh, yeah. I don't know. From everything you've told me, this seems like a real, like, just like open and shut, slam dunk, kind of like, yeah, this guy's a piece of shit and he yeah. did it. Yeah. It seems like just right from the beginning he was an incompetent uh security guard who just made mistake after mistake mm -hmm. and uh just i don't know it this <sighs> yeah 
And he had the he's, red spray paint too, which like he spray painted on his son. Like he, it's just so gross. They asked him in the interrogation if he owned any spray paint. He said, no, I haven't bought any spray paint for a while. But he did buy that can of red spray paint. There was a receipt at the hardware store like with his name on it. Like it was <laughs> under his account for the exact same. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that he was in a place where, well, I mean, there's there's probably multiple things. Like, I'm, I'm sure this person, like, there's probably a, so many different, like, I, I don't know, like, narcissist. Uh, he was probably, he could have been psychotic or something like that, or a psychopath or mm-hmm. one of those. I don't fucking know what the, the, act, the exact definitions of what it would be. You know, it's got to be compounded by his upbringing in the fact that it makes more sense to try and kill somebody, kill your whole family than it does to just leave them. Yeah, like there, there's there's something there that's that's just so sad and just gross, and that's the thing. Like, because I talked about on the the video I made about marriage, about how yeah. evil they say divorce is, and how it's just ingrained in your head that you're a bad person if you get a divorce, and just like the fact that he would feel more guilty about leaving his family than he would about killing his family. And then the fact yeah. that, like, he has a job that he would lose if he got a divorce. Right. And then actually after after the fact, her family, Sherry's family, sued Joyce Meyer for a wrongful death. And, uh, and won. Yeah. Because, yeah, you create an environment like that. And even in the interview with the police, like, Joyce Myers was interviewed by the police. And she said, yeah, like, if... If he divorced because he had an affair, then we would let him go. If if she divorced him, then we we probably wouldn't let him go. So why? Okay, I guess I don't really understand why is divorce such a bad thing, as far as the church goes. Like, yeah. what what is their justification for it? Because according to the Bible, right, marriage is like God ordained or whatever, and it's also a symbol of. Christ and the church. It's supposed to be like our relationship with God is mirrored in our relationship with our spouse. And it's a sacred institution. If you break it, then it's like you're you're breaking your covenant with God. It's like this whole it's it's culty bullshit. It's like Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like expecting like, well, if you don't get it right the first time, then you're wrong and that you're broken. Yeah. And uh you have to keep doing this even if you're miserable, even if you're hurting the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would much rather people be miserable than than break any of their rules. Is it just like another way to try and like keep keep people more reliant on the the community of the church? Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of it is just keeping people in the fold and keeping people from questioning their their teachings and stuff like that. Like if you create an environment where people are miserable and need help, and you're also saying I'm the one who gives that help. <laughs> Do you think it also had something to do with like um, uh, um, more of treating women as property as mm-hmm. well? Yeah, I think so. Because I'm sure, I'm sure for a long time the men didn't give a shit and they were yep. doing whatever, and it was just more to keep the women as subservient and yep. yeah, yeah, fucking gross. Yeah, it gross. is fucking gross. And this whole thing just like yeah, it just shows how toxic it mm-hmm. can get. This kind of teaching where it's yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, it's so it's so heartbreaking too, like just these wonderful kids, wonderful woman, and then he's like, "I want to bang your best friend, so I have to kill you." Like it's 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 just awful. Yeah, I'm yep. gonna go on the record and say I don't like this guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't like him either. 
Mm-mm. And uh, Trev, if you ever have an affair with my wife, <laughs> uh, we'll see. <laughs> like you're ever going to get married? Well, I mean, by the way things are going, then that would mean that my wife would have to kill me. So That's true. My if wife. you ever had an affair with my wife, I would be dead. Yeah. And then true. you would look like a silly boy. I would. I would look like a silly boy. Because not only would you no longer have a friend, mm. you'd probably be in jail. That's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, putting people in jail, should we thank yeah. our patrons? <laughs> Put them in jail. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome to our Bible study. Um, you know, we're still studying it. We're, we're studying this mm-hmm. little book. You'd think after all these years of reading the same book over and over again, we would, uh, you know, we would come to some, you know, understanding. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we haven't no, yet. Like so. now we're studying the biblical story about when uh, the young uh, Goldilocks um, went into the house and it turned out the house was owned by bears. And uh, I forgot that was in the Bible. We all know the moral of that story is that uh, homeowners should be allowed to use lethal force on trespassers. But um, we got some people to thank, don't we? That's true, we do. Mm. Today we'd like to thank Ominous Warning and Isolde, I hope I'm saying that Mm. right, and Shara. Thank you so much. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, And uh, I have a very special thank you for uh, Katie, but I also have a very special prayer request for Katie. Um... Oh, mm-hmm. it's like getting warmer out, and uh, Katie is lucky enough to have air conditioning and a pool, and uh, has yet to invite me over to cool off in the pool, um, yeah. and then afterwards hang out in front of the the AC unit. So um, it's only courteous to do so, but um, Katie. Um, we just uh, we lift Katie up in prayer. Hopefully, that there's a, a non-sinister reason for why this hasn't occurred yet. Yeah, Katie. If if all the pastors out there have shown, you have to spend money to make mm-hmm. God money. Amen. So, share that pool, share that AC, yeah. and we'll be over next weekend. We'll be there. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, all of you. Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. Should I guess? Should I guess the lyrics? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, uh, the Lord has come. He is here. His uh, heart is uh, full. Uh, my intentions clear. Um, uh, 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 God is good. God is good. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, okay. So this band is called Casting Crowns and they do yeah. have many songs that are very much like you described, <laughs> but this one is a little different. This one is about marriage. It's, oh, okay. it's called uh, broken together because nothing Christians love singing about more than being uh, shitty people. So, well, that's the other thing too, right? They want everyone to feel like they're broken. So yep. they need to be fixed. Right. Yep. Exactly. And this song goes, What do you think about when you look at me? I know we're not the fairy tale you dreamed we'd be. You wore the veil, you walked the aisle, you took my hand, and we dove into a mystery. How I wish we could go back to simpler times before before all our scars and secrets were in the light. 
Now all this hallowed ground, we've drawn the battle lines. Will we make it through the night? It's going to take much more than promises this time. Only God can change our minds. And then it goes on about how much their marriage sucks. But God can make right. it better. Yeah. At first, it kind of was just like, when we got married, you didn't know, but I tricked you. Now you yeah. hate me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not the intention. It's it's obviously just like, things are bad now because we know all this stuff. Yeah. What do you think of that, idiot? <laughs> Well, that's the thing too. Yeah, it's it, it's that classic like you know they probably play this out like a marriage retreat or something like that of like just right. these failing marriages that you have to do everything you can to to fix when it's like sometimes it's just not fixable. Yeah, but what do I know? I'm just one guy. What I guess my thing is like, why would you think that a pastor would be good for marriage advice? Yeah, that's the thing too. Is uh, they always go to their like pastor what, for for marriage premarital counseling too? And like, what qualifications do they actually have? I mean, yeah, they probably took a couple counseling classes, and like maybe if they went for their masters, they took like a few. Maybe more. they did. Yeah. Maybe like yeah. maybe like in the last like fifteen years they did, but I yeah. doubt for a long time they ever did before. Do oh, you yeah. think they did? Yeah, probably not. I mean, I took what Psych one hundred and one. Uh, which, according to Britta on Community, makes her a psychologist. But I took Psych 101, and I took... Uh, hey, I took Psych 101. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, right. I'm not yeah. qualified for this <laughs> shit. I think I took developmental psych, and then I took um, like counseling, like a, a kind of a right. one-on-one counseling kind of class. But Yeah, I don't think taking three classes makes yeah. you qualified to be a, a good marriage counselor. No, I do not think so. And then... Yeah, sometimes too the pastor's wife will do it. It depends on the church too, and like. So and then what is she? What, what is she qualified <laughs> in? Well, maybe. Maybe what? Hey, women can do anything. No, that's fine, but <laughs> she's not qualified to do right, it. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, I ended up on the wrong side of TikTok last night. Uh oh! I made a TikTok where this uh, it was like a stitch with this guy who. Um, it was like a gender reveal party, which they they're, yeah. they're their own bullshit. But like, um, he just like went, "Oh no!" When it turned out it was a girl in front of his two daughters. Oh, no. And then I made a stitch, like, "Well, I hope she becomes a better person than him." And then, yeah, all these guys are like, "It's okay to want a boy." It's like, yeah, it's true, but like, don't be a douche about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. My said the quiet part out loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's just like. I mean, I guess it's okay to want a boy, but at the same time, it's just like it's your fucking kid. What does it matter what they are? Yeah, exactly. Like be a be a parent and uh, be a fucking adult. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, stupid. You guys, stupid people. Mess. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but uh, yeah. Any other uh, thoughts for today? Uh yeah. Um don't kill your wife and kids. Um Yeah. That's about it. I agree. And um <laughs> keep your stick on the ice. Yeah. And uh, you everybody have a wonderful um Sunday. Love you. Bye. Work 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 sky moon. <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 